Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Attacking Third. We are live on YouTube. Thanks everyone for joining us today. We have a midweek Challenge Cup preview to talk about. We have to round up week 10 action because we have one more straggling game on Monday. We have to chat some news and notes across the globe of women's soccer. And of course, we're going to take another peek at our U.S. Women's National Team stock watch. So make sure you subscribe to us, like this video, drop us your thoughts on uh, all the things we're going to talk about. You know, we want to hear from you as always. So let's go. Hey, everyone, and welcome into Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today by my special guest, Jordan Angeli, NWSL analyst. Uh, we're chatting all things news and notes, U.S. Women's National Team stock watch. Uh, we have to round out Week 10 action because it was uh, lingering, and I want to hear all your thoughts about it, Jordan, because I, I loved hearing you on the call. And, of course, Challenge Cup is back this week. We're going to preview that as well. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you, Sandra? I'm I'm great. Anytime I get to hop on here and link up with you or link, up with, you, link up with whoever to talk about all things nice. soccer, it's a good day. Yeah. Good way and, to start the day. And you have your Jordan hat on and ode to me, of course, right? That's exactly what I put Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. I said, you know what? This is going to be the, the third episode, I think, that we're doing together this month. So I was like, let's... Let's show Jordan some extra love today. Of course, of course. Happy to be here with you. Uh, happy to be here with you. Happy to be here with everyone um, joining us. Uh, we see that the chat is, is is popping off. So thank you all for, for being with us this morning. Remember, uh, if you want to join us, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube at youtube.com slash third. That way you get alerts for whenever we go live and you can check out and hang out with our cool community every time we do one of these live and, and participate in the conversation as always let's get to it of course we're going to start off with nwsl action but first we have to officially close out week 10 we had four games on saturday we had a game on sunday and we had one more game on monday to officially wrap up week 10 but because it was such a, a late kickoff the nwsl after dark for angel city and chicago red stars you and i did not get a chance to, to recap that we got to preview it you got to be on the call that was awesome so we're going to talk a little bit about that now <laughs> i got to put us on blast to start the episode jordan we both went angel city and of course chicago red stars go on the road and mm -hmm. spoil the evening 
for Los Angeles, a 2-1 victory for Chicago. All three points for them on the road. What a match. Yeah. It, it had to be the lucky pine cone, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not following this. Um, we were very confused. I had seen the pine cone, didn't know what the pine cone was about. Then it was in the post game. So go to Chicago Red Stars. I think they're the Chicago yeah. pine cones now. Um, yeah. But it was... It was an interesting game. Both these teams were really desperate for a victory, and I think you saw that in varying ways. I think for Angel City, they started off the game very well. And I told uh, Mike Watts, who was calling the game afterwards, one, how amazing was it that we got to be there in person? It was just like the energy of that stadium on a Monday night is better than anything I could have imagined. So I can't imagine what it's like there on Saturday, just pumped and packed. So they're doing, they're doing good things there um, in LA. But I I told Mike after the game, after the first 15 minutes, if you, I could have told you that this game was four to nothing angel city and you would have believed it because they were just winning every ball in the midfield. I thought the midfielders were dominating that space, doing a really good job of finding the channels and getting crosses in but then that's where it broke down. It wasn't the right pass in the final third or the attacking third. Um, There wasn't the right correct runner at the end of a crossed ball and credit to Chicago. Chris Petroselli came in with a game plan. It was one of the times this season, Sandra, which you will know that this was the same starting 11 that we saw back to back games in the same formation. They've been changing it up a lot. So to see them go with a 4-2-3-1, I think helps a lot of players. I think specifically it helped Julia Bianchi, who looked settled in this match, could win balls. I think she had the most interceptions and most possessions won for Chicago, which is a big spot to be in when you're a a six. Um, It also tells me that Angel City had a lot of the the balls, so she was able to get those (laughs) interceptions, correct? Um, So I I thought that Angel City... um, it's confusing to me how they want to play, I think, in moments because they have some good players, like, but they can't get them to be effective. I don't think Julie Ertz has been that effective, but who's around her helping or how do they build up? Um, is it not stretched enough so she can get on the ball? I thought it was too condensed when they they build up, build up at times. Um, and McCaskill and... Nabet weren't able to give Ertz the space that she needs in the buildup to, to create attacks. Um, so, yeah, confusing performance for me from Angel City because there were moments where I'm like, man, you guys can score goals and you're showing that you can put your foot down on the pedal and get after it. But then once things kind of shifted, I, they couldn't find themselves back in the game. Yeah, I um, look, you and I, I think, Throwing it back to the preview, we both go Angel City. And I think it's you're, you're touching on some of the reasons why within kind of your recollection of, of this match that when you were on the call. But um, we thought that the 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 it was going to come down to the bench. We thought maybe Angel City had the edge in, in terms of uh, their, their roster and in players who would be available to go in this match. Chicago is 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 the team that's Starting to get players back in, into into the fold. I mean, I would include Ava Ava Cook is is a part of those players, as well. She's not someone that we saw in that early quarter of the uh, of the season for the Red Stars, and we're just now starting to to see her get get reps. It was uh, 
cool to chat with her a little bit post game. Um, asked her about the pine cone. She confirmed that it was <laughs> a lucky pine cone. Now it was found by by Jenna Bike, but um, to see her kind of um, evolvement over over the course of this first half of the season, you know, the Red Stars mm-hmm. are amongst many teams who are hitting that that midway point of a really really long regular season, and it just it just sort of feels like the right time for them to finally start mm-hmm. clicking. And kind of getting some things together and maybe a part of that you know does fall in line with with players who were available um i'm with you 100 on bianchi thought this was the game that she finally looked comfortable in mm-hmm. um in this league the pre-match availability uh for for bianchi and the red stars she, she talked about that a little bit how it takes a little bit of time to maybe get adjusted to a, a different style of play a different league physicality that such a transitional league we hear about that so much um but even within all of those things, Chicago has just been this this team that has not even been streaky. They just haven't shown enough, I think, for yeah. you or I, for us to have made the pick uh, in, in their favor. And so going with Angel City and not seeing those things connect, do we have to maybe bring up at the – I'm talking a lot about like the timing of seasons. Yeah. We have to bring up the uncomfortable question and situation where maybe things aren't connecting tactically coaching staff to roster. Um, we saw the, the formations that they were kind of like equal. It was like kind of like a little bit of four, two, three, one kind of energy. I think at times for mm-hmm. both of these yeah. teams um, and the adjustments that just weren't, just weren't there for me. And this isn't just this, particular game for Angel City it's it's something that we've seen over the course of their first half and I think that's an argument the argument for avail- players who are available or unavailable I think is an argument a case that any team can really make this yeah. and um, I think when we're looking at that bottom half of the table we've got two teams where they are echoing the, that similar storyline but at this point I think you've got a lot of talent across that Angel City roster. Yeah. So we're wondering why is it not working? So as we're going into this halfway point, do you think that the seat is a little bit hot for, for Freya Coombe at this point? I, I don't think so because of how Angel City has operated with her. And it seems like they have given her a lot of trust. Um, I think it has been difficult. And I asked her, you know, in some of the ways that they play, they, they really utilize their outside backs, but they have been in a rotation of outside backs. But you have to remember, Mayor Mathias hasn't played one minute for this team. She's been injured the whole um, season. So can they get her back to health? But so if, you, if you're a team to, that wants to play the way that Freya Kuhn wants to play, your outside backs need to be good and your your central midfielders need to be pretty good on the ball. And that's where, where my issue was in this game is – I think Savannah McCaskill has been really good for Angel City, but I think the way that she wants to play, Savannah McCaskill could be a really good winger for her and they could get a better 10. And and with Julie Ertz and Amandine Ari, who's going to be here later in the year, then you're setting yourself up with a core of a central midfield that can be really powerful using McCaskill playing as a pocket winger and overlapping outside back. Like those are the types of um, tactical moves that I think Freya Coombe wants to execute. She has just um, been one of the coaches in this league who has had to deal with a lot of injuries and, and how do you get the most out of your players? That's what's confusing to me is um, especially in a game last, like last night where you'd expect the intensity to be there with uh, Katie Johnson and or not last night, whenever that was um, Katie Johnson and Julie Ertz, two players who really give you um such a mentality that you would think this team at home 
only winning one game at home would would have more grit to them, more bite, more fight. And um, once they gave up that that goal on the corner kick, it felt like Chicago grasped the momentum and they couldn't get it back until late in the second half. Yeah, well, I think maybe for this is just like stating the obvious, but you're down 2-0 at halftime. So obviously you come out in the second half with a little bit more uh, urgency, yeah. right? A little bit more oomph. And yeah. we're looking maybe for those adjustments. We're looking for those um, tactical shifts. I mean, we saw Camberos, is, this is a player that they also picked up to try to make sure that they had a little bit of a deeper bench. Um, looks like a talented, quick when she gets on the ball, but just mm-hmm. I, I feel like this is another player where they haven't been able to figure out exactly how and when and where to utilize her. And she struggled a bit having yeah. to go up against Casey Kruger. Well, because I was going to say, well, I, this is not the game you want to yeah. put her in as a start, her first start here um, <laughs> in NWSL, I believe, in regular season. Yeah. And you put her against Casey Kruger. So, and, and, and she's a player that wants to be isolated, but Angel City didn't – didn't use their midfield properly in order to isolate her on the far side and get her the ball in situations yeah. where she could be effective. So that that's where I'm just putting a little bit more blame on, yeah. on the decision-making of, okay, maybe we can bring her to the others. I don't know. It just, it felt like it was well, a tad bit off, but I agree I, I with think, you. I think with, like, it was, it was funny too, because if we see Alyssa Thompson come into this game and they almost are like, you know, who's going to get, Casey Kruger is going to be Alyssa Thompson, which also struggled. And this goal, we have to talk about this goal because Angel City did pull one back and it was an incredible Mm -hmm. uh, moment, really emotional, awesome scenes here. We see Sydney LaRue get involved in the game to try to spark something out of nothing, right? And that's exactly what happens. And it also happens because Alyssa Thompson is able to to go ahead and spearhead this. She's the catalyst to it all. She's, you know, there's there's a, they recognize that they have to make the adjust the adjustment. Alyssa Thompson and the staff is like, you know what? You're not going to get past Kruger. Why don't you switch really quickly? And then all of a sudden, uh, we we see this goal breakthrough. Thompson just on the ball, direct, 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 getting a wide and then cutting end line and serving this up. And and we see uh, Sydney Larue just um, knock this away. And uh, it was an incredible moment. You just mm-hmm. saw what it meant to her, her teammates. Mm-hmm. You can hear what it meant uh, to the crowd yeah. as well. Um, so it was in- in- incredible to witness. Um, yeah. Shout out to our producer, Billy, putting up the, the yeah. footage here. Again, join us live and you can see all this good stuff that we're talking about. Um, but um, just not enough. Maybe too little, too late mm-hmm. for Angel City at this point. Yeah, I, I think so. Up. The goal comes with just two minutes left in regulation. Yeah, and it's interesting, the decision to not start Thompson. I don't know why that is, um, because I do think that what Alyssa Thompson gives you on the ball is maybe your one way to break down Casey Kruger if she is on that side, which Alyssa Thompson tends to float to. Uh, well, she she goes to either side, but we've seen her effective on the left side, which is Casey Kruger was on the right for Chicago. Um, so don't know the decision behind that, but I do think one of the things you want if you're Freya Coombe is Alyssa Thompson and Sydney LaRue playing together. So maybe yeah. that was a thought. Okay, if if Sydney's going in late in the game, we want to make sure Alyssa is available late in the game. So we'll bring her off the bench. We'll make sure those two have a good connection. And it was such like a Sydney LaRue goal. Yeah. It was, I am going to outwork you and get her body. Like she contorts her body and figures out a way to get fouls, get her away from people. I think I mentioned like she takes the half chance that nobody takes. Yeah. I said this in the game. She, she, will count on herself and say, oh, 
the goalkeeper is not expecting a shot right now. I'm going to take a shot because then they're not going to know what to give get from me. I'm going to be a little bit of a wild card. And I love that about her. And I think everybody loves that about her. You could hear the crowd go wild. Um, so yeah, it was emotional. And how cool when we get players to really like say how they feel. Yeah. I think that I have seen um, just over social, so many people share what Sydney was saying um, because life is challenging for everybody in various ways. And for her to come on the broadcast and show who she is, like her true human spirit um, was really touching. And I have seen people that don't even play soccer share that. And um, it, it was a really, it was a really cool moment to be a part of, but to witness in the stadium, gosh, Mike Watts and I were like, yeah, this is so cool. What a time. Yeah. I love that. I love that for, for you guys. You could just, you guys did great. You could hear yeah. it on the, on the call uh, yeah. kind of living up to the hype of that moment. And you know what, maybe those are the silver linings, right? Maybe those are the things that mm-hmm. you go through over the course of this week and take a look at and say, this is the momentum. This is the energy that we want to take yeah. coming out of this loss and going into our, our next match, because it's tough hanging out at that bottom of the table for sure. Yeah. Play weighs on you. I think at this point, we, before we go on, because I don't know if we're moving on yet, Sandra, but yeah. we, we have to talk about Ava Cook and oh, yeah, the goals that she scored. Um, Chicago didn't, you know, managed some high pressure, a lot of chances from Angel City um, early on. Not a lot that challenged Alyssa Nair. I think that was the thing that was kind of confusing. I think two or three shots on target, that one, the goal being one of them throughout the entire game. But Ava Cook it was like when they got the corner kick, they knew this is our chance to change the game. It was like this weird energy you could feel. They score off the corner kick. And then Ava Cook throughout the entire time she was on the field um, embodied the emotion and the intensity that she said her team needed. Like at halftime, she said, we had talked about how we have to be a different level. And she fought for every ball. Yeah. She like second goal she scored. No, who scores that goal? Like it's not a great. Just it's like a, it's throwing her body around. It was intense. Yeah. yeah, it's great vision from Yuki Nagasato to have the wherewithal to head that ball into her mm-hmm. space. Like Yuki is just amazing. Out of this world, yeah. Out of this world. Um, but it wasn't an easy goal for Cook, and she managed to make it look like. Oh, I'll just put this in the back of the net with a slide shot, a slide yeah. tackle shot. Um, and that's so not an easy like way to even contort your body and to try to get it on frame, <laughs> but you made yeah. it look easy. Yeah, she was great. So I just, I think um, Chicago brought the right energy um, and they came in so focused knowing, hey, we ha- we just had a win in regular season. We can make this yeah. back to back and really go into summer feeling like, all right, whatever it is, we're not getting outworked. We're not getting out. We're not getting pushed around. We are going to set the tone when it comes to physicality. And sometimes you have to do that. If you're, if things aren't going right and you don't have the players, um, you know, they've dealt with a lot of injuries and um, things that haven't gone to in their favor. So um, you can see what it means to that team. They were so pumped for cook and just that moment, 15, 16 minutes into the game. No, I, I I love it for for this player. I mean, this this was 
Ava Cook was was drafted in 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 2022 and was one of the many rookies mm-hmm. in last season for Chicago Red Stars who were relied upon, asked to take a bigger role, step up over the course of the season, and um, she showed a lot of promise. Um, I think she showed that this is maybe a player that is going to be kind of part of this next era mm-hmm. of Chicago Red Stars history. So to not have her available or playing you know, significant minutes early in this first half of the season, I think, you know, maybe hurts the, the Red Stars. I think you see in these last two regular season wins specifically her impact on, on the pitch um, and what, what that means. Uh, and you love to see it. You love to see a Midwest kid with a Midwest team thriving yeah. and succeeding, right? Drafted out of Michigan State and a Michigan oh, native. Yeah. It was funny when I had um, I had reported out and tweeted out about the, the lucky pine cone and someone had asked if during the halftime interview with you, if Ava Cook said gritty or greedy and I just had to laugh because I'm like I'm pretty sure she said gritty but she's just sometimes the Midwesterner jumps out and you can't really, <laughs> you can't really tell but love love these uh, past two performances from, from yeah. Ava Cook and love that she got her first ever uh-huh. race as uh-huh. a pro with the Red Stars um, we'll see we'll see what Angel City comes out of with if, if they kind of are motivated by the, their finish and we'll see if the Red Stars continue uh-huh. to build on this into the summer yeah. like you say it's an exciting time I think for tables for, for teams in the, the bottom half of the table to kind of take a look at and say now that we're going into the second half of this season we can't leave anything behind because yeah. if you really want to make a push for that upper table it it really 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 starts now so mm-hmm. we'll see um challenge cup we have one game on the say we do have to make a preview and a pick uh oh gotham is going to face off against orlando for the Soul Challenge Cup game. Uh, there's a warning out there. There's already been, the weather's already starting to play a role. There's some, unfortunately, some some fires that are affecting the, the air quality out there. And the league mm-hmm. has already issued a statement. And uh, the Gotham FC have released a statement saying that they are monitoring the situation. And they want to, of course, um, have the safety and concerns of the, the players at, at present and in front of their minds. So they're keeping an eye on it but as of right now this is scheduled to kick off at 7 30 et you can catch the action on cbs sports network maybe we should run down the standings a little bit for challenge cup because yeah. at this point everyone's got at least two games uh within their respective groups um i th- believe gotham or no excuse me i believe ol rain might be the only team that has three at this point but gotham is on top of the the east region group in the challenge cup but it's kind of narrow i feel like the the east uh east region group here is it's kind of up for grabs i think gotham is, is sitting in, in a good position right now but mm-hmm. anything can happen i think in with an orlando pride team that has um unfortunately hit a little bit of a snag after going on an unbeaten run. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe Challenge Cup is the thing that kind of kickstarts them back into gear. What What do you think? What Do you have a pick in, in this game? Do yeah. you feel heavy on a winner, heavy on a loser? Are you feeling the makings of a draw? What do you think, Jordan? Well, Orlando's on a nine-game winless run in Challenge Cup. So um re- read that this morning. So it hasn't been a good uh, run of play for them, not just this year in the Challenge Cup, but going back to last season as well. Um, but I-, I think when I l- look at the Challenge Cup at this point of the season, both these teams with a difficult result over the weekend, um, I-, I feel like there might be less changes than we've seen before because they both want to potentially get themselves back on um, winning ways. So I I would imagine we're going to see enough of 
Lynn Williams maybe 45 minutes at the end of the game that she that's plenty of time for Lynn Williams to make an impact I would say I it's hard to pick against Gotham when they're at home after having a difficult loss at home in front of the crowd with the personalities on that team Sandra they're not going to be happy with that I can just hear Allie Krieger right now with her pregame chat. I can hear Allie Long <laughs> and McCallzer Boney being like, this is not how we're going to go down. We're not losing at home. So um, I feel like that mindset mentality and one of the things I've really appreciated about Gotham is just both of these teams actually really want to play. I would say Seb Hines wants to play too. He wants the ball on the ground and they've, they've had to go through some growing pains in that over the season, the pride have, but for Gotham, they've had so much rotation through the whole season already that it feels like everybody understands what Juan Carlos Amaros wants out of them. And now as, as they progress, everybody's played significant minutes. I think Naho was the only player that hadn't played real significant minutes until um, she got a substitution a couple of games ago. So she got on the field, but every other player on the team had played, participated, uh, really made an impact. And now you're starting to see Gotham build layer upon layer. When they attack, it's so unpredictable. You don't, you, you can recognize a pattern and they're, they, they see that you're doing that. So they switch and go to the other point against the grain. I really, I, I think it's hard to go against Gotham here. Um, but this might be a really fun Challenge Cup game because of that, both teams coming off a loss and feeling like they need to right the ship a little bit. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I think, oh, man, it's it's so tough for me to take a look at these two teams and, and the results that they're coming off of into this into this Challenge Cup and, and say that there's – and make a confident pick. Yeah. I'm not even going to front – look, I, I'm not making this pick with any confidence. I, I'm leaning towards Gotham. In this yeah. one, I am. But Challenge Cup has been exactly what uh, the hashtag has said it's been. It's cue the chaos. It's it's been, I think, a little bit unpredictable. And I think um, I think when we finally get to those knockout rounds, it'll be even more uh, unpredictable. I mean, even even just like I said, narrowing the lens yeah. on this East Region group. I think they're all the teams are separated by a, a point. I think uh-huh. when it comes to trying to be the the top of the group and then possibly be that um, highest seated second place team I wouldn't be surprised if that comes out if both teams come out of this East region group I mean look, that's a wild stat to even hear you reference about Orlando Pride and in, in in the Challenge Cup I mean are they aware of that are they going to be motivated yeah. by that you know is that another thing to sort of you know keep in your backpack as you go on the road and yeah. and, and get ready to face off against this team and um Look, I, I appreciate all the engagement uh, in the chat. There's a lot of folks who think that this game might not get played. Um, but look, I, I'm just going to throw it back to uh, a few seasons ago. I, I had to go and cover a game when there was wildfires taking place in uh-huh. the Pacific Northwest. I don't know if you remember this, Jordan. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. There was a time, there was a wild weekend there. I think it was in 2018 or 2019, where unfortunately, on the opposite side of the coast, there mm-hmm. was a lot of uh, wildfires taking place, and the smog and this drifting smoke was absolutely affecting the the air quality. Yeah. Um, and there was a specific game, I believe, at Memorial Stadium between the Red Stars and the Rain, and it went on. It went yeah. on as followed. Well. So I mean, there were a lot of things that went into making that decision to go, uh, and you know, make sure that the game was played. I 
I believe they tried to have some some resources available to the players on on the side. I believe oxygen was one of those things just to make sure, that, you know, that there weren't um, any troubles. I believe there were going to there were stoppages of play within that. I think they tried to treat it like a like a excessive heat game. Yeah, yeah so like there was going to be a certain stoppage of play. So I'm curious if those types of conversations are um, happening right now as you and I are trying to hypothetically make a pick for a game that we're not sure is going to be played or not. Right, and that's, I mean, at the end of the day, we're not making the decision to play or not play. We're just telling yeah. you what we think. Yeah, so I I, I think it's probably going to get played. Uh, and uh, I think maybe I'm going to go with Gotham uh, in this one as well. I think that's a... I think that's a team that's not going to find themselves down for, for too long. Yeah. For sure. I think you hit it right on the head that there are players who are saying that this is the game where they're going to turn things around. I think since they're sitting on top of the standings in the East region, that they're going to want to go ahead and, and just kind of make that a wrap. You have to imagine that if you get a win in this game against the pride that you're sitting pretty to probably advance into those knockout rounds for the challenge cup. So I'm going to go Gotham. Yeah. This one as well. We'll see. We'll see if we're correct. I'll just say, um, I I hope for Orlando pride, we see summer Yates. I've really liked her come into games, Um, but she's played a a lot in the challenge cup and her connection with Ali Watt up top. Those two understand each other. Yates has the capacity as an attacking midfielder to play the final pass really good crafty player but her final pass is what sets her apart it did when she played collegiately at washington uw um and it, and it will here in nwsl and these are the types of games and the types of minutes where um, if she can be effective in this kind of game i think people will start to really look at her and she might start to push to get more minutes in the regular season but um yeah just watch out for her if she does if they do end up playing and she gets the start because uh, she's a fun player to watch I love that. Summer Yates watch. Keep an eye on it. And we'll, of course, recap it and see if we're correct in our picks. Uh, Stick with us, though. We've got some more things to talk about. We want to touch on some international news. And we're also going to close out the episode with United States Women's National Team stock watch. So stay with us after a quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. They say patience is a virtue. But for some things, we can't wait. All right, we're back. Let's uh, shift things to the international level here. We're going to talk about some news that you might have missed along the way in between whenever we're talking about NWSL regular season or Challenge Cup, uh, we want to send a congratulations to Mexico's U20 team. They officially picked up their second uh, U20 CONCACAF 
title. It's uh, it's exciting time, I think, for the Mexican national team program. Um, Jordan, you and I were briefly chatting a little bit off mm-hmm. off mic, and um, you know, with the World Cup coming up this summer, and six Concacaf teams going to be represented in this World Cup, um, we think about Mexico and, and their place yeah. in 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 the in the global side of of women's soccer. They unfortunately are not going to participate in this 2023 World Cup. Uh, they were the hosts in the CONCACAF qualifiers. They they fell short uh, of their own expectations, quite frankly. And um, to sort of see the response, I think, from from the Federation and from the program specifically to try to ensure um, that there is still investment and there is still effort and resources funneled into these programs, I think, is uh-huh. is really, really important. And yeah. um, I think to kind of see something like this come out kind of um, – a title for the next gen essentially uh, leaves a lot of hope and leaves a lot of promise, I think for, for that next window for this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in MLS, everybody always says, says the kids are all right. And I, I feel like that this could be related to, to this in Mexico, that the kids are all right. They're doing well. And I think the biggest thing that Mexico lacked in qualifying for the full team last year was that competitive drive, which was crazy. You are the hosts. You should be have passion to represent your country at home on a world stage to get yourself to the World Cup. And it felt like it it, it missed the passion that we see all the time with these Mexican sides. And so not just to compete, but to win for these youngsters in the U-20 um CONCACAF I've played in those it is intense it is so fun and it's difficult to win because you know the top three four teams there are going to give you a real run for your money and yeah I, I like this because it only makes the game in our region better if Mexico is competing with the United States um, cycle after cycle so I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of those names that were on this U20 team and the next World Cup cycle that Maybe in the U.S. Jeez, uh, from your from your <laughs> lips to the soccer gods' ears, please, Jordan. <laughs> I love it. Give me chills just thinking about it. Yeah, uh, but no, we definitely that. we definitely wanted to send some congratulations mm-hmm. uh, for sure. I'm rocking my Mexico shirt, so I was like, yeah. you know what? I was like, let's talk about this a little bit on the show today. Let's uh, let's pivot to. 2023 World Cup, though, uh, we're we're hitting that sweet spot, Jordan. We're starting to see uh, national team programs drop their official rosters for this summer's tournament, and it just makes it feel like we already have been like on the hype train, right? We're like yeah. locked in, like mentally, we're there, like we're all there, <laughs> World Cup already. But things like this just make it feel like so much closer Mm -hmm. Um, when you kind of see the players, when you see these rosters get dropped. A lot coming out of Europe at this moment. We're not haven't seen too many um, outside of some some European clubs so far. We've seen rosters from England, from France, Portugal, Germany, the Netherlands. Germany, um, going with 28 players, he said, hey, this is our preliminary yeah. roster, actually. We are going to still whittle this down to, to 2020, uh, to 23. And, um, yeah, talk about uh, putting the pressure on. Oh my God. Um, I think if you're one of those 28 players, you're just kind of like, okay, I've I, 
I've still got a shot here. What does that what does that look like or what does that mean uh, for me? But I just I'm stuck on Germany because I know you and I we yeah. just had to recap um, that Women's Champions League final where, where Wolfsburg had fallen just short uh, in a 3-2 loss against Barcelona. But, you know, you could see in this 28-player roster for mm-hmm. Germany that there's a number of uh, Wolfsburg players uh, listed amongst it. But it's wild to think that some of them actually might not make that that final 23. We're talking about maybe uh, five players of based on the math who might not go uh, to, to the world cup. But uh, I was curious to see even like with just the goalkeeper position that they've got four listed so that there's even competition, Uh three goalkeepers, you know? So I I would, I would imagine that, you know, Merrill Fromm's from, from Wolfsburg and Anna Katrenberger are likely your, your, your front runners there. And maybe that third spot um, is up for grabs. So there's a lot of, huh? Yeah, no, there's a lot. I think there's I, I think um, there's a lot there to look for for Germany. Curious about, you know, who's going to be on that final list. But yeah. I mean, these are the the Euro, the, the runners up of, of the Euros. And um, I would I would consider this a team that would probably, you know, be amongst what uh, pundits are probably going to say is, is a contender for the World Cup. I think any of the top 10 teams, you know, who yeah. are ranked to can get, get the better of the other on any given Sunday. Um, but I think we're also very curious about when the Netherlands dropped their roster, because if, if folks aren't aware at this point, uh, when the United States went through their world cup draw, they got drawn into group E. So now we have seen two rosters from their group competitors. So they're going to go up against Vietnam, uh, Netherlands and Portugal and both Netherlands and Portugal have dropped their official 23 player roster as well. Netherlands are also another team that's going to still go ahead and narrow things down, but we're going from Germany with 28 players. Netherlands has 30 uh-huh. on their preliminary roster. So when you, I don't know, Jordan, I think when, do you think when you have that big of a number still this close to a world cup that there's, just still some unknown variables for for the Netherlands? Does it feel more like, is it less about that there's so much competition or more about there's question marks here? I think that maybe a little bit of both, that there is a lot of competition, but some, some of that competition might lead to question marks as to like who fits better in with, what the predicted starting lineup is going to be or the that second wave of players that come on to a game. So I'm not shocked. I think this is just a kind of a strange World Cup because normally right now, Sandra, we would be playing the first World yeah. Cup game. This would be this tournament would have started. Teams would have already been preparing for this. And um, so pushing it back over a month and a half, really, the start time uh I think poses some problems with these European squads, especially because they've now been out of how, how do they keep everybody fit and healthy yeah. for another month and a half? Um, they probably had a, a few less dates. I, I know the women's national team, it seems like they've had less dates to get together and to play in this calendar year due to um, those international windows. And maybe that's just my, what I think I haven't looked into that data, but um I just feel like the idea behind that is can we get a group together who's going to be really competitive and that competition is going to drive us to be our best 
when we do narrow it down from 30 to 23, um, with a couple of those being, I'm, I'm sure, alternate al- alternates or, or yeah. players out there saying, hey, you might be ready to push into the starting lot or that 23. So I think that's a little bit behind it, but like creating their own training camps because the players aren't getting that with their club teams because seasons have ended. Yeah. And I think even, even though this is a long, a lengthy preliminary roster for, for Netherlands, I think you can go across the board yeah. from the names on there and, 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 and point out there's, a, there's some familiar faces on, on, on this squad that the U S just faced uh, in recent competition over the last 18 months, but also in that previous world cup, right. Infamously in, in that, in that, in that world mm-hmm. cup final, um, and I'm curious if some of those names will be among the 23 players yeah. that are going to go uh, to to the World Cup. You know, what are what is the coaching staff going to value um, in these final evaluations? Are they going to value that experience? Are they going to lean on to players who have been part of this process before? Are they going to lean further into uh, maybe some of the you know younger talent across the the, the pool here I'm, I'm very curious to sort of see what it's going to be and honestly I'm, I appreciate it I think maybe there's I'm not going to say that the, the the Dutch are known for gamesmanship but I, I love that they said you know what yeah. we're not ready to put out 23 here's a preliminary list of 30 and we will get you the 23 later on because the United States are a, a national team program that have not released their roster as of yet so they're they're not on the board there's no early glimpses or looks at who's going to get a shot or crack at that 23 player roster uh portugal another one of the teams that uh the united states is going to go up against in group e they had a little bit of a longer path to the world cup Mm -hmm. they had to participate in that inter-confederation playoff uh but they got business taken care of in february and they were the final team to clinch their spot in group E some familiar faces maybe for folks who are um you know more tuned into to the NWSL Jessica Silva on on this uh, on this roster uh with with Benfica uh 28 year old forward who can absolutely go at back lines and kind of wreak uh some some havoc for sure and uh we'll definitely see what she can do against uh, the United States uh backline I would add, I would anticipate that you know if you've got any experience um, on the Portugal team going up against any American players or any American systems, that that's a player that you're going to want in your starting 11 going up against uh, the United States. So congratulations to Jessica Silver and the other 22 uh, players across um, this roster. Always uh, exciting to see who's going to go ahead and represent, but lots of players uh, yeah. from, from Benfica on this one for sure. And rightfully so. Yeah. They, uh, have, they could sometimes play spoiler uh, along the way in, in, in Europe. I'm, I'm eager to see uh, when all the rosters come through and kind of play those, um, those group matchups where we're going to yeah. look at individual one-on-ones between all of these teams. We still have a lot to see. I mean, I'm looking at that list. It's, um, with this expanded World Cup, it is going to be a lot of stuff to go through in the next couple of weeks. Sandra, are you ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I had to. We don't have a choice, Jordan. Yeah. We don't have a choice. I, I did see um, South Africa's line um, 23 came out, and mm-hmm. Tembi Katlana is on that from Racing Louisville, who yep. has uh, – it's been so good to see her back on the field. Yeah. And whew, 
She is a difference maker and she can get after players. So um, really big injury recovery for her, but good to see uh, her on the field and on that um, roster. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a massive like signing when Louisville yeah. landed her as well. It's just an injury, unfortunately. The timing of it just wasn't able to make an appearance uh, throughout the remainder of that 2022 season. But it's been cool to see her yeah. um, recovery and her comeback. And absolutely one of those players that stretches back lines really for for racing. They've got some good attacking pieces, and we've already. You know, we've spoken a lot about Savannah DeMello on this show. Congratulations to her as well for earning Player of the Month honors in the league. But um, I think as the weeks go by, you see a player like Atlanta kind of show why they went out and they picked her up and wanted her to be part of what they're building in, in racing Louisville. So, I, I look, South Africa, I would anticipate, is going also going to make some noise in this World Cup. You know, they're winners um, of the African Cup. So, uh, probably favorites, I think, maybe uh, in terms of African teams entering this this World Cup and uh, in terms of programs that can go out there and and really make some noise. So um, I, I like doing this. I like I like seeing the, the rosters come in yeah. and they drop and we get a look at, at players who are going to represent uh, this summer, players that we're going to get acquainted with pretty quickly uh-huh. and rapidly uh, in less in less than two months. So um, we'll we'll keep doing these as, as they roll out. So uh, make sure you always check in with us whenever we're doing some World Cup content. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere because we're going to close out the episode taking a look at the U.S. Women's National Team. Talk about who's hot, who's not. We'll be back. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. The Portland Thorns fly east for their battle with Orlando Pride, Sunday on CBS Sports Network. All right, let's close it out with some U.S. national team news. We have closed the chapter on May. We're in a new month for club play in NWSL. We've heard so much about how uh, these final couple of months were going to uh, have a role in players making a push for this final 23-player roster heading to the World Cup. Um, before Lisa went off to go get married, Jordan, we, mm-hmm. we did a little bit of a of a roster prediction. We talked about players who were our locks um, and who we think is going to be on that plane uh, headed to, to New Zealand in Australia. But uh, we we're a little bit removed from that now. Um, in terms of what we've seen to, to close out the month of May and sort of kickstart June, who are some players that you think are trending up here, trending a little bit hotter here? 
Yeah. I think I have to start with the game I just saw and watching Casey Kruger in person and what she did. I, I She is getting hot. Um, <laughs> just from that game, eight final third entries, the most center team, eight duels, one second on the team, eight possessions, one second most touches. She was all over the place and not to mention saved a goal with a little flick at the back post um, in the second half. And I said that that might be, or in the first half, she did, she did that because in the second half, yep, it was in the first half. And I said, that might be the moment that we look back on and say, hey, if Casey Kruger wasn't there, this is a different result. And that absolutely would have been a different result. So I am going Casey Kruger and you know, I'm going to go Jaden Shaw. <laughs> I have to, she got another assist. Like, I love it. Didn't play that much. And she still affects the game in such a positive way. I, I, I'm going to bang on that drum. I don't think I it's going to happen, that. but I don't care if it's not going to happen because. But you're right. She, she literally turned, uh, you know, something out of nothing. I mean, yeah. just, just, just needed, just needed seconds mm-hmm. <laughs> really to, mm-hmm. to come on into that game and, and, and shake it up for them um, against Gotham. And look, that's music to my ears. I love to hear you on the the Casey Kruger train now. I, yeah. I had her as a lock for me. And you and Lisa hit me with the woes. And I'm well, like, hey. smarter than us. And I'm like, I'm keeping an eye on it and we'll see. But I- I'm with you. I thought she had another great game um, against uh, Angel City. Um, I do want to maybe talk about this goalkeeper pool um, a little okay. bit because I was inspired by by Germany still <laughs> having competition with, with four keepers. That, look, we all had our locks in with number one and number two believe you had some praise for Kingsbury, Lisa and I thinking that it's still going to come down to Adriana French, but I want to bring a player who's, uh, who's gotten hot and has stayed hot that if we're talking about Aubrey Kingsbury, maybe why aren't we talking about this player too, but Abby Smith has been doing some incredible things with Gotham FC. Do you agree? Disagree? Oh yeah. I think she's had a great season. Um, I think the thing that will, leads me to Kingsbury over Smith is just the consistency over a number of years. And unfortunately for Smith, she's been a a backup for a couple of years in Portland now getting that starting role, which she deserves. And it's one of the hardest positions in the league to get a starting position is goalkeeper because there's, there's one on each team (laughs) and there's at least three or four sometimes. So yeah, I think Abby Smith has been, been really great this year and made, um, Gosh, what a couple of weeks ago she didn't she got player of the week and save of the week, I think, because she just was outstanding in some of the saves that she had. So um I like that shout. I like your throwing her in there. Put her in the bag. She is, she's <laughs> she's getting hot. Yeah, I was like, you know what? Why not? I was like, we're looking, if we're just looking at um club play specifically yeah. over the course of these last couple months, um, why not, you know, throw her head in the ring? I feel like in terms of um, uh, the pecking order of things, uh, Kingsbury would likely have that advantage right. as someone who had spent some time um, with national team camps over the course of the last two years uh, to 18 months. So maybe I think if you're looking at orders of things, that's maybe how you how you rate them. But wouldn't be surprised if, um, you know, based on, on club play coming out of the World Cup, that we see some of these players that we're talking about trending up, getting hot maybe get called in to to some of those kind of post world cup camps as well we we definitely saw that um with Andonovsky as he took over the team that he didn't shy away from calling in players who were trending up in the league um and typically brings in players based and try to 
you know, to reward them based on on um, accelerated uh, club play. So uh, maybe a name that we'll hear kind of kind of post World Cup now. While players are there, are players who are trending up and getting hot. On the other side of that, there are players who are maybe kind of hitting a plateau, maybe even trending down a little bit. I mean, Jordan, is is there a player that you still want to see a little something extra from in yeah. the final, maybe even week, two week push to the World Cup roster? Yeah, of course. We'll talk about those players. Did we did we skip who's who's been staying hot? Well, hit me. Okay, staying hot, Sophia Smith. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Crystal Dunn. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Um, Alana Cook, Naomi Gurma. Um, I would say all those players are staying hot for me. I think those were those were players who were also locks on all three yeah. of our uh, so hot. roster predictions. So but you need them to stay hot. Been hot, stayed hot. Who's not? Yes. Um, who is trending down? Okay, I have to look at my notes here. Um, like who's someone who's maybe like hit like a, a a plateau like who's just kind of like maybe not really moving that 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 needle up or, or down but you still Ashley want sanchez. To i see it in, i think i see it in a few spirit players honestly ashley sanchez and and i have watched the spirit play and i don't think this system is good for her i don't think and it's just i can't put my like there, there are moments where I feel like I don't know if it's her, and and she can be this type of player who's like a little up and down. Um, but when she's up, she's worth having on your team because the creativity that lives in her veins is so unpredictable. But I don't feel like she's affecting the play as much as she can. Um, she's gotten some chances in front of goal, and she's not capitalizing. Um, minus the one, I think Challenge Cup, she had a a worldie from like 30 yards away. Um, so I would like to see more for her. And I think her stock is dropping a little bit. And then I think stock dropping on these players that are just a little bit unknowns, O'Hara purse, um, Rose Lavelle yeah. have no idea what's going on there. Yeah. We saw, um, we got to see the return of, uh, Becky Sauerbrunn, um, in that Cascadia rivalry game, um, came on late yes. in the second half, but, that's a good sign. That's a promising sign. Your United States women's national team captain back out there um, after this lingering foot issue, you know, getting, getting the minutes back up before um, hopefully heading to, to another world cup, but that's not maybe the same for Roosevelt and um, player like this is running out of time. I think if you're looking at, trying to get her some minutes before they get into a camp. I thought you made a, a good point and an interesting um, note that a player like Rose Lavelle, that they might not actually need to, to play until later on into the stages of the, of the World mm-hmm. Cup. And it kind of um, kicked me back to the 2019 World Cup. And that was a little a similar um, game planning, I think, around uh, Marta in Brazil mm-hmm. a little bit. They said, listen, we know you're almost there. You're not quite there yet, but we're going to need you yeah. in this World Cup and in those later rounds. And um, what an incredible World Cup run that they had in a final uh, knockout round match from, from Marta with her epic speech, right? Um, oh, but it, it, it brought me back to that. Um, are, are, have, has anything changed for you since we made our locks? Is, is Roosevelt just still that lock even with um, the precautions that they're taking at this moment? I think I'm just like, what's going on? Yeah. And I, I don't think I'm the only one sitting in that position. Everybody wants to know what's going on with Rose Lavelle right now. But – I, I still think she's on the plane. Yeah. Just because, too, the the threat she brings, 
um, no matter if it's for 90 minutes, which I, I think everyone that is a fan of the U.S. team is hopeful for 90 minutes, um, or it's 10 or 15. She um, is crafty, intelligent, um, and that left foot is just a thing of beauty. So I think she's on the plane. You have her on the bench, and teams are planning to say, okay, what if Rose LaBelle comes in this game? Another good point. Absolutely. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see. Look, uh, I think uh, folks will feel differently if they maybe um, saw her get some minutes before going into into yeah. the World Cup. But but I'm with you in that that's the kind of player that you you take in the event that the group stage goes the way that you plan out for it and mm-hmm. make sure that you have her um, available and ready to go for those uh, late stage games. But um, yeah, I wanted to bring that back on this episode because I said, you know what, Jordan, when you said that, it took me back to 2019 and I thought about uh, Marta in Brazil and how yeah. she was kind of in a similar situation. And, and maybe, there's some, maybe, maybe there are some folks who are like, how are you going to compare Marta with Rose Lavelle? But I'm going to do that. I mean, these are two players who are that essential yeah. to their national team programs. Um, I think you absolutely want to have that creativity and that left foot, like you said, going into the World Cup uh, mm-hmm. with Lavelle. But we'll see. We're going to keep doing more World Cup content for you all as the days get shorter and shorter leading up to this summer's tournament. So make sure you tune in to everything we got going on for you with Attacking Third. But that's a wrap for today. So thanks, everyone, for listening to A3. Download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. Watch us too. Subscribe so that you get alerts whenever we go live at youtube.com slash attacking third. And we'll be back on Thursday with a weekend preview. Okay, so check back in with us for Sandra Herrera and Jordan Angeli. This was Attacking Third. <laughs>